If this is your first time here, this is week two of our series foretold, talking about you know the prophetic uh, words given about our Messiah in the book of Isaiah. But as I prepared for this message, I was reminded that you know our life okay, is a journey, right? It's an adventure. Okay, from from the beginning up to the end, our life is a journey. There's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of hills and valleys. There's a lot of things that are going on. And the good thing about our life is God has given us guides. God has given us people and voices that will help govern or that will help us point to the right direction. Okay? In fact, three persons or three voices that God has given us Starting from an early age, in the first voice that God has given us is the voice of our mothers, right? Okay, lahat naman tayo may nanay, right? The voice of our mothers, because our mothers tell us, okay, what to do. Tell us, okay, you dress this way, you take a bath, you eat your vegetables, right? You exercise, all of these things, things that we don't want to do, but things that we need to do. Right? So how many of you appreciate your mothers? This is not a Mother's Day message. But that is a person that God has given us to direct our lives early on. But there's a second voice, a second person that God has also given us. Now again, for the married men out there. How many married men out there? Okay, just wave your hand. Okay, God has given us a second person called our wife. Okay, look at your wife. Okay, so God has given us our wives to help govern our lives. I'm thankful for my wife, Jang, who was the one who shared earlier uh, about our giving. And uh, without her, my life will be in disarray, will unravel, magkakagulo. In fact, there was a time several years ago when she went uh, abroad with her mom or my mother-in-law to visit yung kapatid niya. And she was gone for a month. Yeah, and so... Buti na lang in Excel niya. She put in Excel lahat ng activities, all the things that we need to do. But whenever she would call, I would always tell her, Han, okay, don't call me via FaceTime. Just call me audio so that you will not see what that house looks like. <laughs> Imagine. Because without her, magkakagulo yung buhay ko. I mean, God gives us our wives and thank God for our wives. The second person that God has given us. But there's a third voice, a third person that God has given us today, okay, to help direct our lives. And you know who that voice is? The voice of ways, okay? Another woman who will direct your lives, who will tell you, turn this way. No, I don't want to turn that way. But how many of you know, with, uh, because of ways, we can get into, you know, places where either we don't know where that is, or get to that place the fastest way possible, right? And so aren't you glad that there's a ways already right now, okay? But the problem is, you know, these voices in our lives are not perfect. Our mothers are not perfect. Sometimes they, you know, tell us to do something or give us, um, make decisions that are not really that good, okay? Or even our wives make mistakes, okay? Contrary to popular notions, okay? Sometimes our wives makes mistakes. Even ways makes mistakes, right? Papapuntahin ka, kumaliwa ka, pagdating mo, ay, mas traffic pala, hindi updated, right? These voices that God has given, or that, that, that govern, try to govern our lives, are not infallible. But let me submit to you that there is 
another voice that God has given us that will direct and guide us. That is always perfect. And you know what voice is? This voice. The voice of God through His Word. This is called the Word of God. And that's why we are studying the Scriptures because in this day and age, there's a lot of confusion out there. There's a lot of you know, uncertainty out there. There's a lot of people who are at a loss about what to do with their lives in terms of direction, in terms of decisions, right? You may be at loss today because there's a lot of cloud of uncertainty, okay? Yung tubig, medyo nasasolve na ng konti. But how many of you know, even economies out there, even in Europe, Greece, Spain, and others are falling away. Uh, yung economy nila, but, um, Venezuela, and some of the Latin American nations. Okay? And so, there are a lot of uncertainty out there. Not only economically, politically, socially, we are on a very uncertain ground. And that's why we need the Word of God as a sure word. Why is it a sure word? Because this series foretold, He spoke of things hundreds and thousands of years before it came to be. And all His promises, okay, are never broken. That's something that we can build our lives on. In fact, today, this, this Bible is our guide. Mas matindi to kay ways because this will direct you in life's toughest and darkest moments. And that's why today, we're going to go through the second part of a prophecy given to about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's found in Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 to 4. So if you had your Bibles open to the book of Isaiah, okay? So continue Isaiah, in the middle of your Bible are, is the book of Psalms, okay? Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, or Song of Solomon, and then Isaiah. Alright? So Isaiah chapter 42. Verses 1 to 4. So let's read it together if you have your Bibles. Verse 1. Behold my servant, whom I uphold my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. Okay. Verse 2. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I pray for understanding. I pray for wisdom and anointing. I ask that we would grasp even as this prophecy foretold Already of the coming Messiah, of the coming servant of the Lord, I ask that you would open our souls and our hearts, not only to hear, but apply this word in our lives so that we will not deceive ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, very briefly, for the sake of time, the book of Isaiah is a majestic book, okay? It's a, one of the, it's a major prophetic book, not because Isaiah was... A major prophet in sense na siya yung matitinding prophet. It means the length or the scope of the writing. Okay? And you know, I, this is one of my favorite books in the Bible. Although 
sometimes it's hard to hard to read, okay? Because there's a lot of symbolism, interp- uh, prophecy. But I've used several of these. Siguri motivational gifting of being in the prophetic ministry, okay? This is just part of what I ingest, okay, in a daily basis. So, you know, Isaiah is a powerful book. You know, I don't have time. And Isaiah was a powerful prophet serving four kings, Uzziah, Jotham, uh, Ahaz, Shalem, major wicked king, and then Hezekiah. And so he had seen, uh, lived a long span of time with several empires, a couple of empires, you know, in experience. Yeah. And, you know, this chapter 42, for us to fully understand, we have to go back and look at the context of why chapter 42 was written. Because so wala naman mga chapter headings then. So to understand 42, you need to get the context. So this is, a, this is a technique, okay? This is a tip for you. If you read your Bible and you want to understand bakit sinabi ni Jesus to or bakit sinula to, you read verses before that, okay? Or a chapter before that. So to understand 42, Chapter 41, I'll give you a summary of what was happening in chapter 41. Because chapter 41 was actually a court scene. Kumahili kay sa mga court scenes like suits and other, you know, all of this drama, legal dramas. Parang ganun yung chapter 41. God was in a, court, in a courtroom. He was sitting as the judge. He was sitting as the prosecutor. And he was sitting as the jury. And he was inviting, he was actually challenging the nations, the empires that have arisen. During this time of Isaiah, two, you know, Assyria was established and Babylon was about, to, was rising up. Two of the most powerful, okay, empires. And then forthcoming will be two of the other greatest empires. That is the Greek empire and the Roman empire. And so God was challenging the empires, the nations. He was saying, okay, look at what, how the earth is today. Look at all the problems. Look at all the, you know, the, the hurts. Look at all the, the, the things that the people are contending with. Can you, as the most powerful, the Greeks were very intellectual, with all your knowledge and intellect, can you solve all the ills all the sickness of our society today. Can you bring healing to a broken and suffering humanity? That was a challenge of God. Parano china challenge sa Job. And no one, every nation, everyone was silent. In fact, let me summarize how God, you know, when He was challenging them, ito yung sabi niya, ito yung conclusion ni God when He challenged the empires and the nation. This is found in 41 verse 28 to 29. But when I look at the nations, there is no one. There's no counselor among them. There is no one who can give good counsel, who can lead mankind out of his circumstances. So, can you imagine that? With all the problems we're facing today, but when you look at the world out there, okay, whether it's global warming, whether... All of these things, the, the diseases and all of these things, we have greater and greater problems out there. And it seems like the best the world has to offer, wala, right? 
there's no long-term solution to the ills of society. That's the conclusion of God. And then He begins to introduce. Now, since you have no answer, no solution, let me introduce my servant. That's where we begin. He introduces the servant of the Lord because you have no solution. I have one solution. It's not in a greater scientific discovery to cure cancer. The answer is a person. The servant of the Lord. In fact, this is the first of the four servant songs you will find between Isaiah 40 to Isaiah 55. Four servant songs. We'll look at a couple of the servant songs in the next weeks. But this is the introduction, if you may. This is like introducing Superman in society and saying, look at this. Look at the servant. Yeah? He is super powerful. The solution to the world is not another king. The solution to the world is not the brightest or the most powerful or the richest person on earth who will give money to solve AIDS or to solve hunger. The solution of God is a servant. The servant of the Lord. Last week, we looked at the ruler who would govern our lives. But this time, God introduced the solution as the servant of the Lord. And in fact, Matthew, you can find the parallel scripture used by Matthew in chapter 12, verses 15 to 19. This exact quotes that we read applied to Jesus Christ. So this is a messianic prophecy talking about Jesus Christ. So we are called to look to this servant of the Lord as the solution to every problem the world is facing right now. So as we unravel who this servant is, I believe there are three, three things that we need to understand about the servant of the Lord. We need to know the servant's identity, the servant's ministry, and the servant's destiny. So look, let's look at it one by one. First, the servant's identity. Let's look first at verse 1. Behold, my servant whom I have uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nation. So this identity of the servant. I believe there are three things we need to understand about the identity of the servant. First, okay, is the word uphold. This servant was upheld by God. Upheld by God. That word uphold literally means to be gripped. This man was gripped by God. This man was upheld by God. I can you picture Moses upholding the hand, uh, being upheld, his hands or arms being upheld by Aaron and her in the mountain when, when Israel or Joshua was fighting. Ganyan yung picture. God himself was upholding, gripping the hands okay, of the servant of the Lord. In other words, in this world, pag may problema ka, di ba? Sasabihin sa'yo, get a grip on yourself. When the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Pero, ay kung ubus ka na, wala ka nang pupuntahan. <laughs> Anong gagawin mo? Let me tell you, God upheld the servant of the Lord. And if you are here today, 
and you have given your life. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. And you feel like your feet are slipping. You feel like your grip on God is also slipping. Let me tell you, it's not your ability to hold on to God. It's God's ability to hold on to you because he has gripped you, upheld you, upholding you by the power of his word. But not only is this servant upheld by God, the servant was chosen by God. Chosen in whom my soul delights. This picture is a picture in the baptism of Jesus Christ. Remember that picture? John the Baptist baptized him in water. And that scene, after he went up from the waters, it was a picture of a dove talking about the Spirit of God coming upon him. And God saying something, a voice from heaven that everyone there heard. Everyone in that scene heard this voice from heaven say, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. In whom I delight in. Listen. This servant of the Lord was chosen by God. Before anything before Jesus did anything, any ministry, before he healed, he healed every, anyone, before he saved anyone or cast out demons, he was pleased. This is my son in whom I will, I'm well pleased. If you are here today, you're a follower of Christ, you're a servant of the Lord as well, God has chosen you and delights in you. Not because you read your Bible today or you fasted, or you gave a large amount of money. He's pleased with you because you're your son and daughter. He has chosen you. That should set, that should remove any kind of performance in you. Before you did anything, he was pleased with you because he chose you first to be his son and his daughter. That's who the servant is. And as an application, we are all, as followers of Christ, servants of the Lord. But the third is upheld, chosen, and empowered by God. His life featured a life that's controlled by the Spirit and not of the flesh. I will put my Spirit in Him. Spirit-controlled, not flesh-controlled. And let me tell you, there are times... When the flesh wants to take over with all this traffic, with all the things not working for you, right? Sometimes anger and, you know, greed and discouragement comes in. But let me tell you, the servant of God is upheld by God, chosen, empowered by God. You feel like you're running out. If you feel like you're lacking strength, let God infuse divine strength by His Spirit in your life today. Some of you need to hear this. You're chosen. God is upholding you. And some of you need to hear that. God has not forsaken you. God has not allowed you to go that so that, uh, uh, so that they can, God can put you in the wayside. He's here to uphold you. He's here to uphold you. The, serve, the identity, servant's identity. 
But only that, the servant's ministry. What does it say in verses 2 to 3? He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. So it's interesting, okay? Jesus was not after self-promotion. He only did, he went about doing the Father's business, right? Hindi siya self-promote. In other words, if Jesus was alive today, let me ask a theoretical, hypothetical question. If Jesus were alive today, for example, he started his ministry today, 30 years old. He had three years, right? Three and a half years. Do you think that he will use the social media? Do you think he will use Facebook? Who says he will use Facebook, IG, Twitter, and others? Okay. Who says na hindi siya gagamit? Sino yung walang pakailam kung gagamit si Jesus o hindi? Hypothetical. You know, during the time of Jesus, Jesus employed the media that was common to them, which was letters, writing, and both oral and written. Right? So I believe he will use, that's, this is me, I believe he will use social media to further the kingdom of God. But he will not be bound by the number of followers in Facebook, the number of likes. As someone said, he will use all the media available, but I believe he will still begin with 12 men. Because men were his methods. But he will not discount the other ways. Because he's not there for self-promotion. It doesn't matter kung wala nakinig sa podcast or sa ano niya. It doesn't matter kung how many likes or wala namang unlikes, wala namang ba? Shares. But he will still begin with men. Twelve men. Because men were his methods. That's a servant of the Lord. It's not about him. People wanted to make Jesus king, right? Nung nakita, wow, Signs and wonders, demon casting, healing, miracles, you know, the feeding of the 5,000. Come on, let's make you king. And every time people would make him king, what would he do? He would withdraw, withdraw himself and go to the mountain to be alone, to be with the Father and to be with his disciples. Why? Because people cannot make him king. He was already king. It was not about titles for him. It was not about, you know, I need this title because, so that people will follow me. That's man. He knew his purpose. He knew his mission. He knew his ministry. He did what he saw the Father doing. And look at the kind of people that he ministered to. Okay? He ministered to those a bruised reed and a faintly burning wick. He will not quench. This is the nature of his ministry and the kind of people that he was drawn to. The kind of lives that attracted him. Because sometimes we think of God as, you know, God is attracted when we are, 
you know, we have fasted for 40 days, when we've memorized the Bible, when we prayed two hours, prayed in tongues for 30 minutes, or, you know, all of these things. I'm sure God loves that. But I believe God is drawn as well to those who are faintly burning wicks. He is attracted to the broken and the bruised and the nearly extinguished. The servant of the Lord ministers to these kinds of people. So if you are struggling today, maybe you say, you know, I've, I forgot to read my Bible. Or I did not pray. Or hindi ko nakabigay ng tithes and offering. Or Lord, I sinned again. I'm struggling again. Maybe God despises me. Maybe I don't, I, I, I don't want to go to church anymore. Let me tell you, you're exactly the kind of person that Jesus wants to minister to. Jesus came for the sick. Not necessarily for those who are well. And what did Jesus set out to do? What was his ministry? We know he, he wants to minister to. He's attracted to. What did he come to minister to? What was his mission? To bring forth justice. Now, when you hear the word justice, of course, we see, okay, kailangan may mga, you know, mga lawyers, judges, and all of these things, or social justice. That's all good. That's part of what justice is. But I believe fundamentally, fundamentally, justice is all about setting things right. What is crooked, what is broken, what is turned upside down, he wants to redeem and turn it right side up. Listen, some of you, you are in a place where you feel like your life is upside down. You feel like, okay, things have been unraveling. And it feels like, okay, ang gulo na ng buhay mo. You feel like you are, there's been injustice done to you. Maybe in a business dealing. Maybe you were bypassed promotion. Maybe na demote ka. Maybe na kick out because of school unjustly. Maybe things have not worked out because there was an injustice. Things have been broken. Things have not been set right. It has been off tangent to what God designed it to be. Listen, the ministry of the servant of the Lord is to make things right side up. To make right. That's what justice is all about. And the servant of the Lord wants to bring justice in your life. Justice. You know, we, my wife and I met with one of our leaders, Victory Group leaders in our church, and they were testifying that their lives, their marriage, you know, because of things that has happened, you know, about, you know, na abandon sila, yung isang Yung isa na-abandon ng, ng daddy. The other naman because of things in the family that was required. And all these things in our lives. Sometimes there's, you know, nag, okay yung buhay natin. Pag, when things are going, doing well, we forget God. We think that everything's okay. Without understanding that our perception that things are okay, that things are right side up, 
when in the final analysis, baliktad pala. It's upside down. And God is just waiting for us to acknowledge, hey, okay, my life is not in order. And I need you, Lord, to turn things right side up. And this is what happened to this couple. It took them at the bottom of their lives. Okay? Na lay off, na wala ng trabaho. And things in, in their lives and their marriage began to unravel. There were fights and all of these things. And it was during that time that I encountered the servant of the Lord, our Messiah, Jesus Christ. And slowly but surely, God brought justice, turned things right side up. That's why today, God is still fixing. God is still renewing and redeeming. They have an opportunity where, you know, their father abandoned them. It's going to be an opportunity to hear the message of the word of God and to have a time. And we're believing with them that God will turn things right side up. Listen, if you are here today and you are in the wrong end, in the wrong end of the justice, and you feel like you are, you know, grabe nangyari sa'yo, let me tell you, when you go to the servant of the Lord, He will be the one to vindicate you. He will be the one to turn things around for you when you go to Him. That's the ministry of the servant of the Lord. But let me tell you, there's something more. <laughs> something more. Look at this. Okay? The servant's destiny. Verse 4. He will not grow faint or be discouraged until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. You know what's interesting with this? The word grow, not grow faint, or the word grow faint is the same word that Isaiah used in the previous verse. It's exactly the word, a dimly burning wick. It's the same word as to grow faint. And the same word, discourage, is the word that was used for bruised. A bruised reed. In other words, this servant of the Lord ministers to the bruised, to the crushed, to the faint, but he himself will not be crushed. He himself will not be discouraged. He himself will not give up. He doesn't say to you and me, oh, ten times mo na ginawa yan. This is the last warning. After that, I will not forgive you. After that, I will forsake you. That's the lie from the enemy. Because the ultimate destination is he will not give up on you. He will not be faint-hearted. Even if others are saying, wala na. Kalimuta mo na yung Christianity. Kalimuta mo na yung buhay mo. Wala ka ng pag-asa. Listen, He will not give up on you. Do not give up on yourself. He will continue His ministry until He sets forth justice. Until He makes things right. That is the ministry of the servant of the Lord. You may be here today and you're saying, Lord, here I am, my Lord. I did my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. 
Because here I am, here I am, back where it was before. Same sin, same bad habits, same anger and temper, same problems. Don't give up. He hasn't given up on you. You're exactly the person he wants to encounter today. He will not fail. The other translation is, He will not fail. Or Matthew tells that, He will not fail in His ministry until He established justice on the earth. He will persist. That's the love of God. God's love never fails. You need to understand that. Until things turn right side up. The last part of this, and the coastland wait for his law. You know, Matthew tweaks this. And he uses a different terminology that's similar. Ang ginamit in Matthew, in reference to the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, in his name, the nations will put their hope. In the coastlands, wait for his law. In his name, the nations will put their hope. Let me tell you, God has given you that name of the servant of the Lord. This name is Jesus Christ. And there's no other name under heaven and earth and under the earth by which he has supreme authority. No matter what you're going through today, you can count on him. He wants to be there. To serve you, to minister to you, to make things right in your life. Okay, Pastor, I'm encouraged. But what can I do? How do I apply this? Yes, we can go to God. But I believe this is a reflection of who we are, right? As servants of the Lord. If you have given your life, we are all supposed to reflect and imitate His ministry the identity, and the destiny. What can I do, pastor? There's so much injustice in the world. There's so much need in the world. There's so much wrong in the world. What can I do? I'm just one person. This is just, I don't have an influence. I don't have anything. Let me tell you a story first. Some of you heard this, but there was an old man in a beach on the shore. It was a particularly hot day. And he was going, and there were a lot of starfish lined up in the seashore being washed up, dehydrating and dying. There's lots of hundreds and thousands and long stretch. So he would walk, this old man, get a starfish and throw it back to the ocean so that it would survive. He would get one, throw it back. Get one. He was doing this for hours. Unknowns to him, there was a young man observing him. And as he was going, there were some starfish who would be star- washed again on the shore. And others would just remain in the ocean. So this young man was scratching his head, saying, what is this old man doing? He cannot get all this starfish out. So, but the man sweating profusely now, keeps throwing and said, "Uh, excuse me, what are you doing? Well, I'm throwing back the starfish so that they would live and survive. 
but you cannot get all the starfish. That's foolishness. Okay? What, would, what difference will it make? And the guy kept throwing and turned back to the guy and said, well, it made a difference to that starfish. Let me tell you, you may not reach out to every need out there, but God has a starfish for you. God has a bruised reed and a faintly, dimly wick that He wants you to minister to. Just make sure it's not John Wick that you want to minister to. But, you know, in our church, there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity. We empower you. Not just church-initiated things. You know, we help those that are underprivileged. When we have real life, you know, Asel and others. They have a, a group called Right Start where they, they help okay, young children get a right start in their life. But there are also others who, this is their own personal initiative. They shell out their money to help. There's a, several small group leaders who went to Bulacan for a feeding program on their own. Okay? It was not the church. It was their own initiative. They found their starfish. They found those Bruce Reeds that everyone else forgot. You know, uh, we have our, one of our worship leaders, see, see Jonathan and Karina Henson. They are rescuing those that are you know, child, child uh, traffic, being child traffic babies and children. Can you imagine babies? This is their own initiative. I'm sure there are others out there. But let me tell you this week, maybe you feel like you are ikaw yung, ikaw yung uh, faint, faintly, you know, uh, smoldering wick. Maybe you feel like you're the Bruce Reed. Sometimes, the way to be healed is when you go out and you minister. Just like the ten lepers, the person got healed when he went out. I believe God wants you to find this week at least one person, one bruised reed, and go ahead and minister to reflect the servant of the Lord. You may not make a difference in all of the world, but you'll make a difference with that one person. Lord, we bow down before your presence. Lord, we thank you that you've sent us the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just pray for you. There's some of you here. I want to pray for a group of people. If you feel like you are at the end, your, your fire is about to be snuffed out. You feel like you're that bruised reed today. God is not despising you. God is not pushing you aside and say and blaming you or condemning you. You're here because God wants to encounter you. He wants to encounter you and strengthen you. So if that's you, just raise your hands. I believe the Spirit of God wants to infuse fresh strength to uphold you, to remind you of who you are. You're chosen. He delights in you and He will strengthen you by His Spirit all across the room 
And this is the word of the Lord. This is found in verse 9 of Isaiah 42. It says, See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare before they spring into being. I announce them to you. The Lord has been saying, My son and my daughter, even as you feel like you are at the end of your road, know that I am on the other end. I will not leave you nor forsake you or let you go. I have gripped you with my righteous right hand. And even right now, I'm infusing fresh strength and grace in your life. Even my love being shed abroad afresh. My love, unfailing love, my love that never fails will keep you in this season for I am pleased with you, my son and my daughter. I'm making things right side up. I'm setting things right. And I'm vindicating you in the season, says the Lord. So Lord, bless them, Lord. Let this time be a time of refreshing, of renewing faith and hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.